Hey, good morning, Shavua Tov. Today's daf is daf Chof Dalad. Today's shir is the Ilunishmas, Yeshua Yitzchak Ben Shoru Ben Halevi. His Neshama Heaven Halian, may his memory be a blessing. Uh, we're going to go from the Mishnah towards the bottom of Chof Gimel Amud Beis 23b. So the Mishnah asks, Ezu Tam Ezu Muad. What's considered a Tam and what's considered a Muad? What's strange about that question? Obviously, we know what a Tam is. So what the mission is actually asking, is there a way for an animal to go, to revert to being a tam? I mean, if it started as a, if it, if it became a mu'ad, then it can it revert to be a tam? So the first, the first opinion is, mu'ad kol she'idu bo shloy she'yamim, any anyone that it was warned three times, or testified against three times, uh, sorry, for three days, but tam and a tam is when it goes, repeats three days, obviously without goring. And Rashi adds in that obviously it sees other oxen that in the past three days it would have gored, but in, but obviously it's uh, done chuva this ox and it doesn't gore over the next three days. Um, the key point to note with Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that it's three days, it has to gore three days. So. Um, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Meir says, Mu'ad pa'amim. No, it's a mu'ad if it just gets tested apart against three times. So even if it goes three times in one day, obviously a witness is warned, then it becomes a mu'ad. V'tam, kol A tam is any time a child plays with it, uh, what's it? Pokes it in the eyes, and it doesn't um, gore. So those are so. so again, it becomes a muad by just goring three times, even if it's in one day. Again, unlike Rebbe. One day, or could it be over a week? It doesn't no, well, it would be either over three days or three goring. It can't, if it's too widely spaced, then it's just uh, I don't. That wouldn't give it the status of a muad, I don't think. Um, and uh, it stops Bobby. Now, I don't know if you remember on Duff, I think it might have been in Duff Bays, Duff Gimel, right at the beginning of the Masechta, we learned that um, we consider an ox that is muad to a person or an animal different. And if it's a muad to an animal, it's not necessarily a muad to a person because people have muzzle, people have some sort of uh, thing that makes them less likely to be gored. So how does this help that it, wa- it, it, was a, it was an ox that became a muad by goring oxen, and then it doesn't gore this child that's uh, pulling on its ears. Why shouldn't we say that it reverts to being... Um, shouldn't we say that, yeah, it still will gore oxen? So that's why Tosfos here say that... Um, he says, since it's clearly become so docile that even a child can pull its ears, a child that is annoying it, then obviously it's so docile it won't even gore oxen. Um, and then he just adds that also Rabbi Meir is saying it's not when Rabbi Meir says it can revert with the child playing with it and it doesn't gore, doesn't mean that it's just that that's the only way. Obviously, if it sees oxen over three days, then it doesn't go. That's also good, but he adds in this other test. There are other, one second, there are, one second, one second, there are other Rishonim who learn that, um, no, when we say this child, so, so here Tosha says answered, you're right, this that it doesn't go, the child, 
even though generally we'd say a muad to an animal is not a muad to a person, since the child's aggravating it, and it still doesn't call the child, that's a good proof that it's no longer a muad. That's how Tosos is learning. Rabbeinu Peret says that's not a good answer because as we know, an ox that calls people and an ox that calls other oxen is very different, as we said earlier on in the Masechta. So he wants to say that. It's got to do with, um, no, if this ox is being aggravated by this child and it still doesn't go and call other oxen that it sees, then we know. Then then you can be confident that it is a sh- it's reverted to being a short time. Interesting. Yeah, so that's what this mission is teaching. Um, what's interesting is also that uh, um, yeah, I mean we know with ourselves you can be in a bad mood with one person and you end up lashing out at other people. So that's I think kind of what Romero Perez is. I mean I don't know. Maybe you guys don't get ever suffer that, um, but. Um, but that, uh, but but that's what we kind of saying with this ox. It's being annoyed by this child. This that it doesn't go. The child doesn't show that it's not a mud, but it's being caught. It's being annoyed. It's being aggravated. This child's pulling on its ears and poking its nose and pulling its tail, and it doesn't go and go out the ox and clearly it's a tongue. Okay, my time at the Rebuta. What's the source for Rebbe Yehuda? Okay, that is over three days. It has to go once over three days. So Avraham Abaya tomorrow chad. The pasuk could have just said tomorrow mit tray. And Shilshom is Talasa, so that's that. The way we are alluding to it is three times. Um, now this is again all by the pasuk in the um, where was it? Yeah, in the in the sukim that I handed out at the beginning. It says Or if it's known that it's a goring ox, why mitmol Shilshom? I could have just said tmol from yesterday, but it says mitmol, so that's two. And Shilshom three days ago, so it's gored three times over three days. Um, May I ask you? Yes. Surely, when it goes the third time, so then it's called chasofish. It should be a, a more that third time. It should be treated as a more. We'll see. It's a machlok as whether it's on the third time or only on the fourth time, because the the is telling us that he has to be warned mitmol til tom has to be warned three times. Uh, mit, sorry, what? Mitmol shilshom. Um, and the owner doesn't guard it. That's referring to the fourth guarding. And the owner doesn't guard it for two times, for three times. For, it, it goes three times, and then the owner doesn't guard it. That's when he pays on that fourth time three uh, full damages, not just half. No, is really only one. Shilshom, that is. Three, a tray, two. The loyish moreno ha in the and you don't guard it now already on the third time it would the owner would be liable to full damages. That's how Rashi learns. And it's Mahlokas Abai Rava whether on the could does the owner have to pay full damages for the third, second or third time? And Mahlokas Abai Rava. Tosso say that is not the Mahlokas. Tosso explain that both hold they, they both agree with the halacha that it has to go three times and be worn three times and be testified again three times and on the fourth time the owner will pay full damages they're just arguing in how to read the pasuk well first uh, that's what I'm saying it doesn't it's a pasuk it's firstly it's a pasuk secondly I mean there's a machlok as how many times to make it a chazaka it's a machlok as elsewhere whether it's two times two or three times uh, to make it a chazaka so um, that doesn't seem to be the it doesn't seem to be a discussion based on chazaka and there's an interesting question 
it's more theoretical, but it might have uh, ramifications elsewhere, is it, does this that it's gored three times show us that it's a vicious ox? It's really been a vicious ox the whole time. This just shows us, ah, see, see. Or is it that now it's got a habit of being a gore and now it's become a vicious ox? So again, if you're working like that, I don't know if Chazok, I don't know if Chazok would, I don't know exactly how to apply Chazok, I'm not sure. No, I'm just saying I don't know how it fits in with Chazok. I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay, but remember, what's Rebbe Meir's source? The Tanya is, because if it is based on Chazoka, then we must bring in the Machlokes, I think it's Rebbe Shimkamil and Rebbe, whether it's two or three times. And Tostos don't even discuss that. Uh, maybe they discuss, I didn't look at Tostos this time. Uh, maybe they do discuss Chazoka with it or not, but I don't, it doesn't seem to have to do with Chazoka. Rebbe Meir, what should be Meir's source? Remember, it says even if it goes once on Three times in one day, you liable. Now again, the pasuk told us it's got to be over three days, three times over three days. So, how where does Rabbi Meir says the Tanya moves into Rabbi Meir? Rabbi Meir, Oy Meir, Rabbi Meir says Richok Negichos Chayav Kirov Negichos Lakol Shekain. If it's liable for well-spaced goring, how much more so is it liable when it goes in a shorter time frame? It's cl- it's more vicious. It doesn't even get rid of it, you know, so it, it acts on its anger and it doesn't even calm down, it's, it's so vicious. So, Omrulei Zabatachiach. I mean, interesting, Rabbi Yehuda could easily, would answer, I guess, that uh, maybe it's just having a bad day. They're not going to make an ox a gora just because it's having a bad day. So, Kirub Negichus is not necessarily. Now, Omrulei, so they said to him, well, Zabatachiach, look at the story with the Zaba. Remember, there's a difference between a Zav and a Zav, and it's going to be out in the Tukim, but basically, a, a Zav, yeah, but a Zav, for a woman to become a Zav, she has that discharge over three days. For her to be Tomei for seven days. If she has only one or two, then she's only Tomei for the next day. So that's what we actually call that tar in Al-Sugya, where we say Tomei means she had three times, but it's got to be over three days. A Zav, a male having this sort of discharge to become a Zav, can be just three sightings. doesn't have to be over three days. So Omrulei Zav. Three sightings in one day. Yes. Let's see. Omrulei Zav to Chiach, Tyra. If she sees three sightings over three days, she becomes Tomei. If she sees three sightings in less than three days, I let's say one day or two days, she just she remains Tahar. Omar Lohen Harehu Aimer. So he said to them, but it says, Vizost yet to Mosobazuva. Yeah. But a male it says, This is how he becomes Tomei as a Zav. Tala Hakosov Eshazav Bereus. A male zav, a male discharge is based on sightings. The et and the female is on days. Because it says zos by a male to tell only a male by sightings. So that's what, so maybe this is actually a this is now actually a proof for Rebbe Meir because if you held that there's no such thing as kiruv negichos or kiruv rios. Then why does the posik the well let me rephrase it? The posik has to specifically tell us that it doesn't apply by um, by woman because you would think it does. It says, no, that's not a meme either. Hi Zois Limute Zava Mirios Aimelimute Zabmiyomi. It says maybe when it says zos this is to exclude who says it's to exclude a Zava from becoming Tome through seeing more frequently? Aima 
let's suggest the Mutei Zavmiyomim. It's coming to exclude a Zav from becoming Tomei over days. Either only way he becomes Tomei is through sightings, but not over three days. It says, now, Omar Krala Posik says, et A Zav who has this discharge both by a male and a female. It connects male and female. So we know in one of them, it works for both. We have becoming Tomei through sightings, and we have becoming Tomei through days. I have three sightings over three days. And one of them is connected. So so we said, will they both become Tomei over three days? So he says, my raw is... Sorry, where was Oh, sorry, I explained it wrong. Just as a woman can become Tomei for three sightings spread out over three days, so too a Zohar can become Tomei three days. Well, then why don't we connect Zohar, Nekeva uh, to Zohar and say just as he becomes Tomei with three sightings, she can also become Tomei through three sightings. Says homeotrachmona vizos. No, the Torah says vizos. I. This is the only way. Says oh marois. But why do you see to limit recitings to only a man? Maybe limit days to only a woman. Says no mistaver koiberios mamadrios. No, because the pasuk's talking about becoming tomei through seeing discharges. So, so too. So that's what it's most likely limiting. Koiberios mamadiomim. If it's discussing reios. Sightings would it really be going back on becoming Tomei through days? Okay, but either way, we see the source. It's a special drosha by Zava and Azava that Azava does not become Tomei over three days. And we don't have a clear answer to our, we don't have a way to, sorry, so Rebbe Mez is not rejected. Tonarabon and Azumwad, we say there's another price which teaches what's considered a Muad. So now we're going to have two other Tanoim who teach slightly differently. So just to quickly go back, because remember Rabbi Huda said, three days to become a Muad, and three days to revert back to a Tam. Rabbi, Rabbi Meir says, no, just three times, and even if a child, and it can revert by just a child playing with it. So now it says, on an Ezel Muad, what's considered a Muad, Kol Shehidu Bo they gored it for three days, but Tam, and it can revert back to being a Tam, Shuyo Tanoikas Misham Shimbo where a child is playing with it and it doesn't go. Divrei Rabbi Yossi. That's Rabbi Yossi's opinion. And you see, Rabbi Yossi is a mixture. He says it becomes a muad the same way as Rabbi Yehuda. I bar over three days, goring three times, spread over three days. Whereas it can revert back to being a tongue when a child plays with it and annoys it and it doesn't go. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Muad kol shehidu po shlosha pa'amim. It can become a Muad just by goring three times, even if it's less than one day. Less than three days, sorry, less than three days. So when's it relevant to know goring over three days? To, re, to, re, to revert to its original status as a Tam. So again, Rabbi Shimon also, he mixes up the opinions. I mean, he's not mixing up the opinions, it's clearly how he learns, but he's also, again, he's learning three days to revert to a time like Rebbe Yehuda, and, and one day to become a Muad, 
like Rabbi Meir. So Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Ara Barava, Halacha Rabbi Yehuda, B'Moi Charei Rabbi Yosi Moidelah, Halacha Rabbi Meir, B'Tam Charei Moid Rabbi Yosi Moidelah. In a long way of saying it, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says the name of Rav Ara Barava. The Halacha is like Rabbi Yosi. Ah, it's like Rabbi Yehuda of our Mishnah. Rabbi Yosi went like that to become a Moid. It takes three times, and it's like Rabbi Meir of the Mishnah to revert back to a Moid because that's how Rabbi Yosi says. Oh, so he says to him, Amar Lei Rav Ve Rav Nachman Ve Lei Mamar Halacha Rabbi Meir B'Moid Charei Rabbi Shimon Moidelo. Why don't we say the Halacha is like Rabbi Meir regarding it becoming a Moid because Rabbi Shimon agrees to him? The Halacha Rabbi Yehuda B'Tam Charei Rabbi Shimon Moidelo, and the Halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda. Like Rabbi Yehuda regarding it reverting back to a time because that's how Rabbi Shimon go, agrees with him. So he says, no, Omar lay anak Rabbi Yosi severely. He says, I hold like Rabbi Yosi. To Rabbi Yosi ni muko imo. Literally, Rabbi Yosi, the depth is with him. Rashi says here an important point. He says, Tamos varayosov imo. He always has good reasoning and proofs. It seems that Rabbi Yosi had a gift of clarifying and explaining his opinions very well. Whenever he said an opinion, it was very founded on sound reasoning, and therefore we paskin, Rav Nachman says, we're going to paskin like Rabbi Yoisi. Now there's an interesting discussion that comes up um, regarding this machloikes. What we've had a machloikes, we know the Pasuk tells us that an animal can become a muad if it says, if it goes three times over three days, that's what we call richuk negichos, a spaced distance, a spaced goring. And Rabbi Meir comes along and says, how much more so if it's Kirub Negichos? Now this has to do with us repeating the Shemona Esrei. What does it have to do with repeating the Shemona Esrei? So there's a discussion. Uh, the two mentions both opinions. But if someone, you need to say Mashivorach. He says, what happens if you're not sure if you said Mashivorach? So if it's within the first 30 days, then you have to repeat the Amidah. If it's after 30 days, we can assume you've got used to saying it with Mashivaruach, and you've changed. It would be the same thing with the same broch or the same talamoto, you know, when you switch it, when you're changing and saying the wrong one. If you're not, if you're not sure which one you said, so you gain 30 days. The Maharam Rutenberg comes along and he says, well, I've got a good solution. Why don't you just say Mashivaruach? He says 90 times on Shmini Atzeres, and then... You've done it the 90 times, and the next Tamida, at Mincha, you're not sure whether you said Mashivarach, you can take it as if you've said it. I don't know if you've heard, I think Rabbi Tanzi used to suggest that, didn't he? So, not discussing whether you should or shouldn't, but just the, the discussion interesting. He says, so, 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 the, so that's Maram Rutenberg. But Maram Rutenberg is paskining like Rabbi Meir, that just because something works at well spaced intervals, again saying it just three times a day for a month. Who says it's going to work? Saying it a hundred, we say a hundred times because you take it into Musaf, whatever, but Ramarama Rutenberg says 90, three Amidas a day for 30 days. Um, three primary Amidas. Um, but what happens? So if you say it a hundred times over one day, that's like Rabbi Meir, that how much more so if you do it, if you kill the Gilfus, but we just say we don't paskin like Rabbi Meir. We paskin like Rabbi Huda. I mean, this isn't a Stam Mishnah, but also we have Rabbi Yoisi going like Rabbi Yehud in regards to becoming a Muad. Um, but, so, so where we hold, oh, so, where, so, so, so I think it's Rabbeinu Peretz, but other Israelis say you can't. 
You can't rely on that. Now, interesting enough, that triggers a lot of interesting discussion, and not of Yehuda has an approach to it. Uh, Rav Shimon Shkop has an approach to it. <laughs> Rav Shimon Shkop gives a different, interesting approach. He says the question you want to know is, can you, is it at all, he said, firstly, you can't, um, with the animal, it might be Xeris Akosov. So, paskening just three days would mean, yeah, it makes sense if it becomes, if it's considered a muad by goring well at well-spaced intervals, how much more so it's a muad if it just goes on a rampage in one day. So that's, but the Pesach tells us only over three days. That could be, so maybe it's not totally connected to Amachlokias. However, then what, when would you think it should work or when would you think it does not work? So, um, so Rav Shimon Shkoff explains, can you connect it to Mashivaroch or not? Is it relevant to this discussion we're having? So Rav Shimon Shkoff gives an interesting explanation. He says it's based on that point I mentioned in the beginning. Do we say, is this that we say when it goes three times at a muad, is that just revealing its nature? It's really theoretically been a muad all along, but now we know it. Or is it that now it's developed a habit of being a muad? It says, if you learn that it's to do with the first one I mentioned, that it's uncovering its nature, well, then it has nothing to do with saying Meshiva Ruach. Are you at your, are you at your essence a person who says Meshiva Ruach or a person who doesn't say Meshiva Ruach? That doesn't make any sense. Um, the, uh, so so that they can't, you can't connect and learn one from the other. But if you learn that it's developing a habit. Oh, this ox has gone three times. Look, it's developed such a habit. Now it's a moat. Well, then, developing a habit, we see that, if you can say, Kiruv Negichos by the ox, you can say, Kiruv Negichos by Mashivaroch, and it would work. Okay, some have a discussion. Some say you should do it. Some say you shouldn't do it. I don't remember. I don't remember what the Mishra Baruch says. I know he discusses. I don't so some people say, okay, so yeah, so that's, uh, some people do it, some people don't, I don't remember what the Mishnah Bura says, as I said, it's just an interesting discussion, saying Yamira. Some actually use it, but it's also a point of uh, Musa. What's the point of Musa? It's happening to the king. Imagine you're standing there before, uh, I don't know, before uh, the, the uh, before the leader of Hamas begging for hostages, we're happening for our lives, and three minutes later, someone says, so what did you say? You're like, oh, I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. You're standing before a king. You should be aware what you're saying. Okay, sadly, I guess we're people and we get caught up in saying it by rote or whatever. But bear in mind, I think Rav Soloveitchik says you struggle to understand these Gomorrahs. How can you like, stand before the king and not realize what you're saying? Um, this is a very important it's just the first time you do it, so it's a little bit difficult. But when it goes on, it becomes natural. <coughs> yeah. So, I mean, it like, could be a discussion. Are we discussing developing habit or not? Okay. When we say it's got to be over three days, is that to literally Basically, the ox has to gore on three days to verify that it's a muad. But let's say the owner only finds out, so it gores on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and on Wednesday the owner finds out that it's a muad. The three witnesses, the three sets of witnesses come and say, you know, your ox is wild, look what it's done. Then, even though he's just heard about it once, it's already considered a muad. Um, the other opinion is... 
um, Liude Gavris to warn the owner, I guess almost this would sound a bit more like the way of saying it's habit, but the owner, it's to kind of get the owner psychologically ready that his ox is wild. So you've got to tell him, you've got to give the owner almost three warnings on three days. So he's like actually building up in his mind that he actually has to take extra care of this animal. Which would mean very interestingly, if um, it sounds from this way of looking at it, if the, uh, own, the ox would gore on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and or, you know, if the ox would gore on Monday and Tuesday and the owner would be told about it on Wednesday, it can really only count as one warning. Because the owner needs a warning before the ox gores again. That's, uh, that's why. Okay, there are other subtle differences to learn this question, but I think that's the easiest. Liude Turu, Liude Gavra. Is it to, again, basically just inform us that the ox is dangerous? Or is it to actually testify against the owner so he... He becomes fully aware of the nature of it by being warned, and then his ox scores again, and then they warn it. You know, your ox, two witnesses, your ox is a borer, and then, you know, this is the second time, and then it calls again. That would be the, that would be when it becomes a what. says, what difference does it make? says, no, as I've explained, if you have three sets of witnesses who come on one day, either ox calls on Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and the three witnesses come on Wednesday, if you say it's just to testify against the ox, will it be testified? It's become what? If she says to warn the owner, Loma, yeah, he hasn't been warned. He's only got one warning and he still needs another two. Maymar Omar, he will say, You only just warn me against it. You've got to give me time to uh, fix my fences for uh, now that I've got a vicious ox. My, so what's the halacha? So Toshma coming The shore does not become a muad until it's been warned. Before the owners and before Basin. It has to be proper Shot testimony. The, 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 the ox gets warned. The owner. Yeah. Does the ox have to be there when they're warning it? I don't know. No, it's interesting because when you're going to sentence an animal to death, he has to be, the animal has to be there in court. Yeah. So if an ox kills a person, that ox is going to have to be in court. Uh, the ox and the owner, but this is discussing the owner. Um, so, so that has to be. What happens if you testify before the based in, but the owner's not there? Or you testify before the owner, but not before based in? That does not make it a muad. Again, do we repeat this line? Both the based in and the bailing. The um, This question, the Nemuka Yosef asks, why does it repeat this phrase? few others ask this question, but why does it repeat this phrase? And it has to be before Beisdin and the owners. So he wants to say to emphasize that actually there's a general law in the Torah. You're not allowed to present a case when the defendant's not in Beisdin. However, under extenuating circumstances, let's say he's too sick to get to court or something like that, then you can. Here the price is emphasizing that when it comes to the halachas of the ox, it has to be before both of them even in extenuating, or before the owner, um, even in extenuating, um, even in extenuating circumstances. Why? Where do we see that in the Pasuk? Because um, it emphasizes in the Pasuk, the owners didn't guard it. And again, obviously it has to be before based to count as valid testimony. So if the owner doesn't come to court, can you still make it a... Uh, Sure, no, no. But they'll summons him. 
If two witnesses warned him about the first goring, another two the second goring, and a third set the third goring, there are three sets of edus. They're still independent. Are we going to see if one of the edim are proven false or zamamin? The other two still stand, so he will still have to pay half damages. It just doesn't become a muad. Um, however, regarding making him pay full damages, they're considered one set. That we're going to get into more, but just remember, Adam Zomamin is when they say they're not testifying that the, what they said is false. They testify that you could not have been witnesses. You saying you saw this ox gore on the farm in uh, wherever, you were with us somewhere else. You could not have seen it. Now regarding this case, we're saying all three sets are one set. So according to Rashi, explains very interestingly. He says he's, he, he explains this all. Tosses have a different way, but let's just keep to Rashi. Um, he explains that we're dealing with the opinion of robber that it's First two times it pays chatzinezek, and the third time it's full damages. So when you have these three witnesses coming together, they're coming to make the owner pay full damages on the third time, and therefore, to as a six, a group of six witnesses, they're testifying that this ox is a muad, and the owner must pay full damages. Now, to make Adim Zomamin, it's not good enough if you find part of the set Zomamin. You have to find the whole set Zomamin. So that's what we mean by Eidus Achaz Zoma. So let's just, the, the price is going to elaborate. If it turns out that the first group is actually Zomamin, there are two sets of witnesses, and he, the owner, is potter from full damages. Obviously, he's liable to the two damages for the other two times, the half damages for the other two times, but they are exempt. They're not considered Eidim Zomimim. They don't get the punishment of Eidim Zomimim. If additionally to the first set, the second set is also found Zomimim to be Zomimim, you have one kosher set of witnesses, so he is exempt from full damages and they are not punished as Eidim Zomimim. Nim says, If it comes out that even the third set is also Zomin, so all three sets are found to be Zomin, Kulan, Chayovin, they're all liable. etc. And this is where we would apply the pasuk you do to them like they try to do. They try to make him pay full damages, whatever that value is. So you make the Adam Zomin, in this case the six witnesses, pay the amount that they were trying to get him to pay. Now, why are we bringing in this discussion? Because we're trying to prove, do you focus, is it Le'yehuda Tura or Le'yehuda Gavra? So he says, now, E Omar Le'yehuda Tura Shapit. This works out very well if you learn the whole point is Le'yehuda Tura, to warn the Atwa, and because then you have the three witnesses coming on one day. So it makes sense to say that they're one set and they know about each other. Um, as Rashi explains, or Rashi explains it um, very well. Let's go back to Chopdalad Amud Aleph, the last Rashi. She says, gimel i omar If you say it's to warn the ox, I boinen gimel yomim. That's why you need three days. But the owner can be informed on one day. 
You can establish this case that they all one set regarding Zomamim is when they came to Beisdin on one day. Why? It's the third victim, the Nizak, the third Nizak that brings all three sets of witnesses to make them pay for the three gore, to make them testify about the three gorings of the three days. Okay, the first witness, the first Nizak, he, all he's ever going to be able to collect is half damages from the ox. But it, it suits this guy, the person who was damaged three times, to go and find all the sets of witnesses that watched this ox gore and bring them to court. That's why, because then he can collect full damages. And then you can say it's reasonable that all three sets are coming to make the animal a mu'ad. Because otherwise they could say, I just came to testify that he's a gora and should pay half damages. Again, if you don't say like this, when the first set of witnesses come on Wednesday morning and say, yes, on Sunday we saw him testify, we saw the ox gore, what are they going to complain? They're going to just say, we didn't come to make him a short one, we just came to say what we saw, and that he's a carpet. And then a bit later in the afternoon, the second set come, they can say the same thing, we didn't come to make him a mu'ad, we just saw, oh, we just saw his ox gore, oh, he gored Ruvain, well, we also saw him gore Shimon, so we're going to make him back. And now the third set are the only ones who are coming to make him a mu'ad. So that's why you have to say that, if you say it's like your Uditori, you can say it's where the Nizak Shlishi brought them all. Once it's the third guy bringing them all, then clearly it's to make this animal a mu'ad, and you can assume that the witnesses are almost in communication with each other and they know about it. If you say to warn the owner, let the first one say, How are we to know that after three days these other witnesses will come? Because again, according to the opinion of Liyude Gavra, when the ox goes on Sunday, that's when the owner has to be warned, or on Monday morning. Because when it goes again on Monday, it already had to have been warned, otherwise it doesn't count to make it a more. So how are you ever going to establish that case that the three sets or one set regarding Aiden Zomim. So that's the question. So Omar Avashi, I moved to Lishmai, so I came into Rab Kahana. When I was telling over the subject before Rab Kahana, even to warn the ox, it doesn't make sense. He says, we came to Beisdin. How did we know that he was already tested? The first two, we saw you brought in two sets of witnesses, but how did we know they were coming to say that this ox is a mud? We came to court thinking that this was the first time this ox has gored. We didn't know that he gored on Sunday and Monday. We only saw him go on Tuesday. So even there you'd have a difficult. So the Gomorrah gives three answers. Why? How we would know that the three ate him on one group. And all of them really only work if you say Le Yaude Tura. So the price, again, the price is difficult to establish, but you have to say the price is Le Yaude Tura, and you're going to have to add one of these almost conditions to verify that they're really one group. Again, and this is all just because the price has said they're one group for Adim Zombie. So, so the first one is the Kamaramsi Ramuze. You see the Adim signaling to each other. I said, so like, the, the first set come out of Bayesian that I... <laughs> you know, something like that. Or 
Ravashi Omar Keshavah Ritzufim. No, they came in literally. Ritzufim means one in a row, but they, they came together and they testify one after the other. What, what, like, what's the chances that your three witnesses who don't know about each other and testifying about a, uh, inj- a case on a Sunday, a case on Monday, and a case in Jesus are coming all together? No, no, they, that's, they, they're clearly together. Ravina Omar Ravina says, No, the case is where they know the owner of the ox. But they don't know the actual ox. There's coming to say that the owner has to pay. Um, and the only reason they'd come to say that, remember, well, let me go back a step. If it's a short time that course, remember, you only collect payment from the actual ox. So if you don't know where that ox is, the ox has disappeared, or you don't know how to identify the ox, the owner won't have to pay. Because he'll say, well, find the ox, sell it, and take one and owe you from it. So, so, so that's the that's why. Sure, so, when they come to make the owner pay, it must be because they come in to testify that he's a muad. If they don't know who the ox is, there's an obvious question though. If they don't know who the ox is, how are they testifying that he's a muad? They're saying, yeah, we know that your ox, uh, what Daisy gored twice. Um, the third, uh, we're not sure who gored. Uh, so, so he's like, well, maybe it was not one of my other oxen. Who says it's a muad? So, so there are various different answers. The answer that I found easiest to explain, I think it does have uh, other prob- uh, problems, but it's from the Shittimukubetes, is that basically the owner only had one ox when this all happened. Subs on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, his ox, they knew it was Ruvain's ox that gored. They saw it had Ruvain's, I don't know, a logo printed on its back. Um, so they knew it was Ruvain's ox that gored. By Wednesday, when they came to court, Ruvain had acquired a whole lot of other oxen. He had bought a whole herd. And... Um, and they're not sure which one of the herd it was. So they know that his ox is a moad and that he's liable for the third damage. Now, the only, as we pointed out, the only reason they'd be bothering to come to court is if they do testify that it's a moad. Because again, as I said, if they come in to testify that we think you, you owe half damages because your ox gored for the first time, well then there's no point in going to court if you can't say that's the ox because the payment is always from the ox. Okay, so that's the one answer, but there are other answers given. Um, So, so what warning are they giving? Um, again, if again, even if it's Le'yuudei Torah and you've got around the problem of they couldn't identify the ox, what's the point of telling the owner? How they make him? How they warning him? Because remember, what's the purpose of the warning? So that the owner can guard his ox. Well, he doesn't know which ox it is. So he says, "Yon to Amr Torah Nalcha Islach Bakir Bikrocha." You need to actually watch your whole herd. We know you've got one of your oxen are very vicious, and you need to build a stronger fence around your field or whatever it is, because you definitely have a gorus. So interesting, they, they, they are telling him, they are testifying that he has to watch his whole flock, even though only one of them is a muad. Okay, they asked the question, if you tease your friend's dog against another friend, so you're going out for lunch and they're visitors, and you tease the dog, you incite, Mashasa incite the dog, you incite Ruvain's dog, Shimon incites Ruvain's dog to bite Levi. So he says, Ma, what's the halacha? He says, Mashasa vadai potter. 
the one who incites the dog is definitely exempt. Why is he definitely exempt? Because he didn't do any action. He didn't do, he did it indirectly. Remember, Bayesdin can't obligate. Shemaim's a different story, but Bayesdin can't obligate you for what we call a grommer indirect. So when you tease a dog or you, you know, and you make it go, you're tricking it to go and bite someone else, then you can't be liable for that. It says, Balakelev Mai, what about the owner of the dog? So he says, Me, Omrin, and Motsi, Omale, Anamai, Videle, can the owner say, What did I do to you? I've done nothing. And it was totally Shimon making my, my dog wild. So since you know that you have a dog that can be incited, you know you have a dog that can be made wild, you should, have, uh, you should not have left it around. You should have, uh, I mean, you should have uh, put, it, uh, put it down. So Omar so what's the halach? So Omar Rebiz, Ere Toshma, Betam Shehoyu Hatinoikos Meshamshim Bimbova Einonogach. If you had, uh, our Mishnah said, if you had an ox that a child was playing with and it doesn't go, Honogach, implying that if it did go, the owner would be liable. We see that the child's inciting the ox. If the ox goes and goes, the owner would be liable. So Omar Abaya Mikani Noga Chayev does the mission teach that if it was a Ruchav Dilma Honogah Law Law have a tam Ubahinagikhalomachav. Maybe it's just telling us that if it goes it doesn't become a tam, but it, that goring won't make it that owner won't be chayev. Again, so this again remember what's the mission is not discussing whether the owner's chayev or how much is chayev. The, the mission was discussing what can the ox is there a way that the ox can revert to being a tam? So he said, if a child's playing with it. So, again, so the Gomorrah's question was, oh, you see a child playing with it, that implies, and it doesn't go, oh, implying that if it does go, the owner will be liable. But why should the owner be liable? It's the child making the ox wild. So he said, no, maybe it's not saying that the owner's liable. Maybe since it's the child that made Ruvain's ox go, go, Shimon, Shimon's, um, maybe the owner is not liable. All it's saying is we see it's still a little bit of a wild ox and still in wood. Toshma, okay, cheers, have a good week. Toshma, Shisa Bo Esakelev, Shisa Bo Nachash Potur. Another case, if someone incites a dog, incites a snake against someone, they're exempt. My love, Potur Meshas Ebcha Barakelev. It must be that the one who incites is Potur, but the one who, um, the owner is actually Chayev. Again, the reason we want to make this distinction is it should have said Paturin. They are both Potur. And it just says Potur in Plan 1. So it says Lo Ema Potur Afmashaseh. You can actually learn Afmashaseh. Are there two ways of lo- looking at it? Who is more likely to be liable, the owner or the one making the animal aggravated? So if you say that the, the, the not, you could say that it's actually the owner is more liable because it's his, it's his animal. And this teaching is, sorry, the owner is less liable because he didn't do anything. And we're saying that even the one who incited it is Potter. You could learn it the other way around, that the owner is more liable. But this Tana seems to be, could be saying, Afa Mashase, even the Mashase is Potter. Obviously, the owner is also Potter. So, Alma Robin, Tim Salomer, Hamashase, Kabul Shechavere, Bechavere, Chayev. Robin says, if you say, if it comes out that you want to say that if someone incites, his friend's dog against his friend is liable either the owner of the dog is liable. Again, 
Shimon incited Reuben's dog to go and bite Levi. So if Rabbi is saying, if you want to say that Levi is Chayev, Shisuhu Ba'atzmo Potur. However, if the ox, if the dog bit the one who incited it, the owner is exempt. Okay, so Shimon's teasing Reuben's dog, trying to make it wild to go and kill, to go and bite Levi. What happens if the dog bites Shimon himself? So there the owner is exempt. My timer, what's the reason? Anyone who is acting, Mishuna would be unusual, but here is, is, is uh, setting up the damage. He's being negligent by teasing this dog. So then when the dog comes and acts with Shinoi, the ox acts with Karen against him, he's exempt. The owner of the dog is exempt. Rav Papa said, Ah, Rav, what you say is Reish Lokish says exactly like you. Why do Omer Reish Lokish? Reish Lokish says, Shtei Poros Rishus HaRabim. If you had two oxes walking in the Rishus HaRabim, well, not walking, Achad, Revutzva Achad Mahaleches, one is crouching and one is walking, Uvuyoto Mahaleches Berevutzva Petura. And the one who is walking kicks the one who is crouching, the owner is exempt. Revutzva Mahaleches Chayevitz. If the one who is crouching kicks the one who is walking, he is liable. Now, why is the why when the ox is crouching and the other ox kicks him is the owner exempt? Because the ox that's crouching is acting unusual. Oxen don't generally just sit down in the middle of the road. So that's what so Reish Rav Pop is making this correlation. Oh, Kol Hamashanu Vo is exempt. So Omar Lay Robber says not necessarily. Basically, what Robber says is Rav. Um, Um, Reish Lokish is actually quite broad in this application. He's saying even if an ox is walking along, it sees its friend crouching in the road, so it turns and kicks that ox. He's exempt. That's quite broad. He says, I would actually say that the owner is liable in that case. The Omrinan lay, because I would say to him, Ki is yeah, when do you have permission? What would be appropriate behavior when an ox sees another ox lying down? It's just to walk over him. But you have no permission to bite, um, to kick me. So Robert saying, I would not go as far as to say that he's potter in the exact case. But again, in this case where you have someone teasing a dog and the dog bites him, then obviously there the owner of the dog would be exempt. Tostos asked, I'm not going to go into the discussion now, but just interesting, just to know that it does come up. Fun discussion. What happens if you have what's called a Shor Ha'itzdadin? Those are the bulls trained to fight in the arenas. What's in the bullfighting and things like that? Um, there. Um, yeah, so, okay, so let's just keep that in mind that we are going to discuss. Um, those trained and um, those sort of animals and we'll see more there how to okay we'll leave it there for today have a very good week